there's no story too small. Things that you hope no one knows are actually the things that are going to connect you to the most incredible people and opportunities. So learn how to share that story for yourself so that you can now open up the different doors of opportunity that are available. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. What's your story? Everyone has a story to tell and a reason for telling it. Today, we're speaking with Marsha Van Weinsberg, a storytelling NLP trainer and six-time best-selling author. She has created a certification to support people in using NLP techniques to heal from their stories, craft their talk from stage or podcast, write their book, or grow their business. We'll learn about Marsha's story and take a look at her personal brand focus and how that positions her to attract her ideal clients in her space. Marsha, welcome to Be Bold Branding. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. As we are, it's really fascinating reading the background on it. And so when we dig in right off the bat, first thing we like to ask our guests is tell us a little bit about your brand and how, and your own story and how that came about to focus on what you're doing today. Well, if you had asked me years ago what my brand was, my answer would have been, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I thought brand was really what, like, you know, the big businesses, Coke, Pepsi, like that's what I thought a branding was until I really started to understand the power of personal brands and how showing up and sharing who you are allows people to connect with you. And ironically, that ties perfectly into stories and sharing stories and sharing who we are because we build that sense of trust with our people and say people, audience, connections, because they can see who we are. And as soon as they can see who we are, they can relate to who we are. And I think that's a really important piece when it comes to branding right now, because there's a lot of noise and chatter online on branding. There's been a lot of different things that have been amplified, but I have to feel like branding is one of the biggest ones that has been amplified the last couple of years. And it's not your website, your font, your homepage. It's not your pictures. It's yet to me, it's who you are. And when it comes to this piece on branding, so many people will say, well, I feel like I'm just repeating the same thing. And I'm like, great. That's awesome. Because exactly. you're known for what you do, right? You're known for what you do. And so I really think that branding and personal branding comes down to your story, who you are, how you can share that, how you can put your story, your voice, your message together so that other people can relate and connect to what you're sharing. Could not said it better, I don't believe. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Yeah. So I like this focus. We had a little bit of a discussion before we went live here. I was telling you about a coach that I used to know was a family friend, and he focused a lot on helping kids to make the right choices. I think part of his signature saying was, my choice, your choice, poor choice, something like that, right? And he would walk kids through those decisions about what they were going to do in life, right? And it's never failed every single time you would ask a kid those questions. They actually gave you the honest answer, right? Because they knew that that was the only answer to the question. So it's fascinating. And you actually have a podcast titled Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. I would love to know when and why you started that podcast. Oh, this is awesome. And real life, we have a dog barking, just so you know. But <laughs> that's okay. We love dogs. Um, yeah. It's 
Well, one of your choices on your life. Again, if you would have told me that I was going to be doing a podcast, it wasn't on the radar and not what I expected. Now, in this time and space, if I take it back a number of years, I was a parent who was dealing with teen substance abuse, teen substance abuse, mental health, the kind of story that really brings a lot of shame, judgment, and criticism with it. Not typically the story we openly talk about. And during those years, I spent a long time looking for solutions, like really navigating, trying to find solutions from the standpoint of trying to fix, manage, or control my kids. Let me just be real. That was really what I was doing. And that's not the space that we want to work from because we can't create change in somebody else, right? We, we just can't. We try. We all try. We do it from a space of love. I do believe that. But at the end of the day, we can't create that change for somebody else. And so through navigating through those years, I realized how negative my thoughts were and my reality was, how scary it was. And so when people would say, you know, write your gratitudes, that just felt so fake and not real and honestly not authentic because I was like, what do I have to be grateful for? Like, look at my life right now. And so I was really in a negative spiral, like a really ugly negative spiral. And so long before I understood the power of NLP and our thoughts and our words and our emotions, I was in this space of looking at like, what is the one thing that I can start to change? And forever I was saying the word stuck. I was stuck in the store. And how do you think I felt during that time? Very stuck, very stuck. So I started to work at rewriting little pieces of story at a time. And for me, the word choice was really a powerful word because I didn't feel like I had a choice at all. I felt like I was trapped in a reality that I didn't remember signing up for. And so during those years, there was a turning point where I remember a counselor said to me, if you don't find a way to take care of yourself and become a springboard, if your kids come back to you, you could never support them if you wanted to because you can't even support yourself right now. And that was a really harsh but direct moment that I needed. And so I had to find a way to become more consciously aware of my thoughts and to use a little bit of Tony Robbins, love him or hate him. He was very important for me in those years. I started to understand state and that was a big thing. State for me is that if I could work to elevate my state, I had a better chance of navigating what I was walking through. And so a lot of those pieces combined really hit a point where I was able to look at it and go, okay, wait, what is my choice? And what is my choice? And what can I own? Because I can only control my own choice. I know nobody likes to hear that because a lot of us are control freaks and we want to be able to manage everyone. <laughs> yeah. but sadly, it's true. We can literally only control ourselves. And so I got into a space of like every time I was in the state of trying to fix, manage, or control somebody else. It's like, wait, is that my choice? No, that's not my choice. Well, Marsha, what is your choice right now? Like, what can you do right now? What can you control? And it might sound very simple and easy of what I'm saying, but I also want to share that that was a repeated process, repeated thousands of times a day over years to finally have it really start to click and make sense. And for me, I got to a point where it was like, that's not my choice. Well, that's not mine to own. Oh, but this is mine to own. This is mine to take responsibility for. And so ironically, years ago, own your choices, own your life became, for me, it bred life into the fact that that's how I 
could create change in my own life. And that's where it started. So between the talks on stage and books that I wrote and was part of, I felt very called to start a podcast. And this was back in 2017. In a very quick synopsis, 2017, very early podcast time. And here I am writing and sharing a very vulnerable story, which most people thought I was crazy for doing. And then I'm like, oh, we're going to start a podcast too. And now everybody thinks I've lost it. And in this space, because no matter where I look, if you want to take it back to branding, 2017, social media was incredibly curated, like beyond curated. Everything matched, everything was. And so here I am with this really ugly story, trying to find out how am I going to show up making it look good? And that was not the point. It was me learning and navigating that I could show up as me and who I am. And that's where the podcast came from. So those words, they have breathed life into me for seven, eight years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This really hit so deep because Tanya wrote her dad's memoirs and she's famous for saying it. And he will even bring it up every time you're around him now. She would say, dad, it's all about choices. It's all, oh and, he God, really? some, and he made some horrific ones. And they, yeah. as we all have, I'm not yeah. being judgmental. I've made some terrible ones myself. I'm just saying he will admit if he was on there, Absolutely. oh yeah, I made some terrible choices. And, but she used to tell him, but that's all about choices. It's all about choices, you know. I started that years ago, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, telling him that. And literally of all the years I tried to, you know, talk some sense into him, you know, you know how his control freaks are, right? And we're trying to like, dad, if you just live this way, if you just do this way, if you just, you know, don't do this, I mean, maybe you'll just be all right. And finally, when it really resonated with him was when I said, it's all about choices. You can make the right one or you can make the wrong one, right? But it's all about choices. And it stuck with him all this time. So it is, it truly is. And I love, you know, you said Tony Robbins, love him or hate him. I am stunned at the haters out there. Yeah, we love it. Absolutely stunned yeah, because it's like, how could you hate a man whose only goal in life is to lift everybody else up and teach you to how to be a better you, right? <laughs> how can you possibly hate that? But it happens. It, it happens. It does. It does. I've actually had a number of people. I'm like, whoa, I was not expecting that. So I literally just say love him or hate him. For me, I'm not sure where I'd be without his work. And I'm not sure where I'd be without YouTube because that's all I could do in the beginning. His work was transformational for me in the beginning. And if I can just add one thing, which I love what you just said there, you talked about the word choice. Even when I started to own my choices, I had to come to a space of saying with my kids that your life is a collection of your choices have led you here. If you want to be somewhere else, you just have to make different choices. And doing that in an empowering way without shaming or criticizing or judging, because there's no human who's going to change their life with shame, judgment, or criticism. They just don't. And right. so I, I know because I tried, but you just have to be in a space of like really giving them the power to make those decisions and make those choices. Yeah. And probably changing, wouldn't you think too, changing, because we've just been on this kick lately. Like if my sales call this morning was about this, it was wow. for some reason we're in this space right now where the last two weeks have been talking about things that like making the decision 
to be positive and speaking that positivity into existence and then learning until it is. But sometimes people feel like they don't have choices. Our backstory is I hired Tanya to, for my marketing in my real estate company years ago. And then if she sold me branding, I didn't even know. I'm like you, I didn't know what it was. I, you know, she sold me marketing, gave me branding, changed my life. Right. But I remember telling her one time I was just in a valley and I'm like, look, I'm out of options. She said, oh no, you got options. You just don't like any of them. Oh. And that also spoke to me. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. You know, and I'm going to choose this. I, I dislike the least and I'm going to go in this direction. And it made huge changes in my life. But, you know, I think that people do get that where they, they think they don't even have a choice. Right. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't think I had a choice for a long time. I really didn't. I mean, just putting the picture into context, they were minors. Right. So they were living at home. I openly say it. And if they were my spouse at the time, they would have been gone. Like just on, that's just me personally, my own value system, but they were my kids and they were minors. So a very different story, right? So I sure. did feel very, like I didn't have a choice. And so I can relate that a lot of people feel that way. And I know that even when I say the word choice, it does trigger a lot of people because they feel they want me to know their backstory. They want me to understand they don't have a choice. I mean, whatever limitation you fight for, you get to keep. I say it with love, but if you're right, awesome I love that. that. That's awesome. That's a takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever limitation you fight for. So even I catch myself like this is a piece of ownership. I mean, I call myself out on my stuff all the time. I mm -hmm. the second I'm fighting for a limitation, I'm like, ooh, do you want to keep that one, Marsha? No, you don't want to keep that. That's like, right. So it's like, so be careful what you're fighting for, right? Yes. Come to that. But the thing is, is that I can relate and understand, and I always just like to preface it that I think we can all agree that really bad things happen to good people all the time. Mm -hmm. So we can't stop that. No one's immune from having bad things happen to them and having difficult stories happen to them. But we are always capable of how we choose to respond. And what is in the response that we recognize we have a choice. And when we start to respond to a situation differently, we change. And when we change, the situation can change. And that's actually what really happened is, is that I started to learn how to respond differently. And that meant I showed up differently. I handled it differently. And eventually this situation started to change. I'm not saying that's me. I'm saying that was a piece of it that had to happen. Two things I want to just want to share in this, you know, a counselor said to me once that for every single fight you are invited to, you can either throw gas or sand on it. When you throw gas on it, like you are, you're actually part of the problem and you're keeping it alive. When you throw sand, you are now responding. And it was, I had to learn how to throw sand. And I would literally stand in the moment and say, fire or sand, Marsha, which one mm -hmm. are you throwing? And it would, it would just stop me of going, I don't have to participate in this one. I don't have to participate in this one. And when you do that, you can stop a fight. You can stop the story. You can change it pretty quickly. And so, yeah, not easy. Because most of us humans are trying to fight to be right, right? And that's not really necessary, but that's really what a lot of us do. And the other piece I want to share that has been something I've really been diving into, especially in teaching this with people incorporating NLP, neurolinguistic programming, is that we always have two things. We have a story, which is actually the facts of what's happened, right? And we have the narrative of the story. The narrative is going to bite you every single time. So the story is the story is the story. I was a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse. That's the story. The narrative of the story was that I failed as a mother. I was a terrible person. How could I not fix it? What did I do? 
Like, what did I do wrong? That narrative is what was killing me. So learning to change the narrative is how you can change the story. And I believe it deep down in my soul. I know not everybody agrees with this, but I believe we are all here with a very unique set of gifts, right? Part of our brand, our unique set of gifts that we are the people to bring it to life. And if you, the one way to really sharpen your skills and get better at something is to walk through and use those skills and gifts over and over. And so I believe that, I wish I could have learned a different way, but that's not the facts, is that I was meant to walk through this experience to be able to do the work that I get to do today. There's no book that could have prepped me for it. There is no, like, there's no honorary degree that could have prepared me for this. I had to walk through it in order to get to here. And so as hard as it is, I think that we have to come to a space of learning to know that the experiences we are walking through every single day are shaping us into the people that we're already here to be. I love that. I love it. You're mm-hmm. so eloquent in the way you say it. I agree with a thousand percent. And it is the positive on a layman's terms. It's the positive spin to the negative that happens to all of us. It's happening yeah. to teach you how to handle something bigger. Mm-hmm. And if you accept it as that and you look for those positive ways to do it, then you're going to be that much stronger, better of a human being and prepare for that something greater that is coming, which will bring more problems, right? But there's, again, it's okay because the thing from likely different ones. It's just going to help yeah. you to the next one. And, and like, it is this ascension if we choose to make it that way. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong about this, but is this radical responsibility? Am I off mark right there? No, no not off mark at all. Radical responsibility, it's just another way to speak about like owning and owning your choices. The words radical responsibility for me were just a way to like snap myself back into like, what is it that you're not taking responsibility for, Marsha? Like there was a point where I had to look at it and go, health and fitness has been my entire life. It wasn't my kid's fault that I had gained 30 pounds and that I hadn't exercised him forever and I wasn't taking care of myself and I wouldn't eat well. And like, that wasn't my kid's fault. I had to stop blaming them and take radical responsibility for myself in order to create change. And ironically, I just want to clarify, like, that's literally what they had to do too. Like, so we work to try and fix the problem when if we could actually learn how to lead ourselves, that is where change happens. And one of the number one principles in NLP is like causes greater than effect. And so I really, it ties with all of this is that when we sit in a space of blame, there's no ownership, we are not creating change, we're literally feeding on the problem and we're staying stuck in as a victim in our story. When we can say cause is how I choose to show up, like this is the cause, how I choose to show up, how I choose to respond, that is radical responsibility, that's how I create change. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I do too. I love it. So tell us what kind of people, you know, just give us like a profile of the people that you are best suited to serve. I, I'm going to say profile. It's, there was a years ago, I would have said female and I am just attracting so many different men right now that I get to work with. And a lot of the people that come my way. So I say men and women, they are in a space of feeling this deep seated knowing that they are meant to do more with their story. They're meant to like step out into and share the lessons, impact, whichever that is. But what they do is they are either building a business, they are writing their book, 
and they are starting a podcast, they're starting a coaching business. The book writing has been so interesting. I'm just going to say from, and because you're catching me right in the middle of the story right now. In a sense, I have published seven times. I have written one solo book and I have led two co-collaborative books. So I've helped probably 30 people go through and publish their stories. And some of them have just been unbelievable stories. So a lot of people reach to me in order to put their story together and be able to share it. And it wasn't until even in the last six weeks, I had this person reach out from a TikTok video. He said, do you do this? Because I would love this help with my story. I've started my book and I'm like, I think I can. And I'm asking a couple of my friends and my clients and my teammates. And they're like, oh, yes, you can. It's what you do. But this is like, it's what we believe, right? We have to be in that space. And so I'm helping him with publishing, editing, putting his story together and sharing it. Because the piece that I am able to help them do is bring themselves into the story, being able to really pull their pieces that connect them to the audience so that people can really relate and connect to their story. How do I share and not overshare? What is required? How do I, you know, how do I leave everybody in integrity and share a difficult story? And so those are the people that I get to, I feel like I have the most impact with. And we've just recently started, let started writing your damn book mastermind is what I'm literally calling it. <laughs> I love it. It's funny because I'm so tired of people saying, oh yeah, I wanted to do it my whole life, but I'll get to it. No, you are. No, you won't because the world doesn't open up and you just get to do it. You create the path. And so I've really just started with this launching it and we're starting it. I can't tell you the number of people who have messaged saying, oh, this is totally your work. This is what you do. And it's funny because we have to believe in ourselves more than just needing outside validation. I had to go through that process and I totally own that and admit it. And I had to go through that process and it was like, okay, you know what, actually, what if this is exactly what I'm here to do? So those are my ideal people. There are also people who want to heal from their stories. That's what a lot of the NLP tools have helped me to do. You know, they just want to push through. They want to do something and heal and make a difference and an impact. And I think the number one thing that is required to do this work is you have to be ready to let go of your definition, your the meaning of you being a victim of your story. Nothing can change without that. I'm sorry. It's a really tough one. And I know victim mentality because I spent so long there. But if you're in a victim mentality, you are not looking for change. You're just not. You want to repeat, share, just. And you're not just see it. You're looking for validation. validation. Yeah. And I see it. And I can tell within about 30 seconds of talking to somebody. And I'm like, oh, you're not ready yet. I actually yeah. talked to somebody recently. I'm like, you're not ready yet. And I say it with love. There's no judgment. And they said, where do I start to change this? Because I don't want to be like this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I so get it and appreciate it. I have 550 episodes. Just pick somewhere and start. And get started. Yeah. Just get started. It's work, but get started. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, mm -hmm. uh, it's so awesome that you would say that because even on other podcasts that we've been on earlier today, we were talking about this people being trapped in that victim mentality. And it just dawned on me. And I told Tanya about it when I came home yesterday, but I ran to the store. I was cooking for some friends yesterday and I ran to the store because I was out of some stuff. And when I drive up to the store, there's this huge transfer truck out in front of the, the grocery store and it had giant words on the side of it. And it said, sometimes the strongest thing you can do is let go dash God. And I thought, man, that's pretty powerful. This truck's mm -hmm. just driving up and down the road with this message. You know what I mean? 
and it sort of speaks to what you're talking about like this. And maybe that's the way, maybe somebody out here, a listener will hear that, you know, let go of what it is that's holding you down and being a victim. I know you don't know what the next step is, but the next step is to contact Marsha and go to YouTube and start, just pick up and just start watching mm -hmm. one, you know, and then that starts the cycle and at least get you started. First step, one foot in front of the other. And uh, we'll keep that up. Thank you for right sharing there. that. You were meant to see that message. You, I were, like you bet. You yeah, bet. I definitely believe that. And I don't even think necessarily that it pertained to me at the time. I don't feel like I'm holding on to something right now. But I may be, and I just haven't seen it yet, but I don't think so. I think it was probably like when you brought it up, it just dawned on me. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can affirm what Marsha's saying to people. You know, just let it go and start with a YouTube video of Marsha telling you what the next step is. And you'll, I'm sure if you're seeking for it, you're going to find it. You will find it. You will yeah. find it. It yeah. will find you, maybe, yeah, exactly. a better way to put it. Yeah. When you're open to exactly. receiving, that message will show up. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Okay, Marsha, we come down to the final big question. If our audiences have the freedom to visit anywhere in the world, where would you recommend they visit and why? I'm going to get off topic there. Very first that poll, I recently, I'm Canadian, but I recently went out to the West Coast last year and I was able to take the gondola up to Banff Mountains and stand up top and look out on the 360 circle. And I think one of the most powerful things for me was standing in that space of recognizing that all of the problems that I feel like I have are really small. Like it's like just here's the hugeness of the mountain and nature. And I just was able to stand in that space and say like, you know, it's we're small, but we can make a big difference. But seeing the size and the vastness of the mountains was just it was stunning. I bet. Oh, I bet. And that's the first gorgeous. time BAMP's ever been brought up and the mm -hmm. episodes that we've asked for, at, you know, ask people this question and uh, we have not yet made it there. We we love to travel, but it is definitely on our list. We've had clients from there and they send us pictures and we're like, oh my goodness, you live here? Like, right. I, yeah. My niece, actually, I just talked to her on the weekend. She had moved out there for about four or five months and she said, you know, she's going back to school and she's like, I think I'm going to have to settle down there because I think that's home for me. There's something about the mountains. And I'm like, I'm with you, honey. Like there's something about the mountains for me that give, yes, it's winter. Yes, it's cold, but there's something about the beauty of the mountains that is just, it just takes your breath away. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way. I'm a mountain girl. I've lived on the beach and I've lived in the mountains and I'll take the mountains every time. Love it. Love it. Okay. Sad moment of the podcast. We're so happy that you came on to talk to us today, Marsha. We've loved your message and we encourage everybody who is looking for some help to tell their story and get it out to the world, especially if you're sitting on that book you've been meaning to write forever. It's not going to write itself, right? So URL on the screen is MarshaVanW.com. Any words of wisdom you'd like to leave our audience with, Marsha? Yes. Thank, first off, thank you both for having me. I have loved this conversation. It's been such a beautiful, different spin on the work that I get to do. So I love it. Thank you. The last thing I would say is, is that there's no story too small. There's no story that um, if you're telling yourself that it's too small, it's not. Like it's not the things that you think are the most unrelatable parts of yourself, things that you hope no one knows are actually the things that are going to connect you to the most incredible people and opportunities. So learn how to at least share that story for yourself so that you can now open up the different doors of opportunity that are available for you. That's awesome. Perfectly Thank put. Thank you so much, Marsha. Thank you. Brought to you by Brand Face. 
the only comprehensive personal brand building system across the globe.